Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. And uh, now it's my privilege to uh, open, well, it's our privilege to open the Word together. And we're going to be looking at our theme for the year, Shaped in the Hands of the Potter. But as always, let me just pray for us as well. Heavenly Father, I thank you. It's your desire to speak to us, to bring fresh revelation to all of us, for us to know you and to keep knowing you. And so, Father, right now, We just surrender ourselves to whatever it is that's on your heart. And we say, come and have your way. Help us to hear what you are saying. Help us to see you and help us to have hearts that are abandoned unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, it's 2024, everybody. You made it. Well done. And uh, at the beginning of a new year, at the beginning of a year, a lot of people tend to make commitments and, you know, go for the restart, a fresh start. And one of those commitments a lot of people do is to get into shape. I know from my Christmas eating, sometimes it feels like rather than my brain thinking I need to get into shape, my gut is telling me you need to get into shape. And people do all sorts of things, right? People go to the gym or people start re-attending the gym that they signed up to last year, if you get me. And uh, people do more cardio, get their heart rate up, and they, they're trying to, you know, exercise more. Maybe they're doing weights, they're doing resistance training. There's all sorts of things that we do to get into shape physically. But I believe it's the Lord's heart for us as a church family. It's his desire that the Lord would shape us that he would shape us in everything. So I know I mentioned the joke about how we want to physically get into shape. And a lot of the time we can think when we talk about God, well, then God wants to help us get into shape spiritually. And that is true. But God wants to shape us in everything, not just spiritually. Although spiritually, you could connect that with everything. God wants to shape us in our thoughts in our understanding, in our emotions, and in our feelings. He wants to shape us in our relationships, how we relate to one another. He wants to shape this church family in how we do relationships and relate to one another. He wants to shape parents in how they parent. He wants to shape married marriages to be according to how he wants a husband to deal with a wife and a wife to deal with a husband. For those with perspective you know, relationships. He wants to shape that. He wants to shape everything. He wants to shape the way we work, whether that's employment or not. He wants to shape our spending, our finances, our savings. He wants to shape our attitudes. And when he's shaping our attitudes, what he's actually also going to be shaping is our behaviors. And these things that God is shaping aren't just spiritual And so he wants to shape our emotions. He wants to shape our thinking processes. He wants to shape us even physically. He wants to shape our health and how we relate to our health, even our fitness. All those things God wants to shape. And uh, 
as a leadership, we've decided over the next three Sundays, there's three particular key areas that we want to surrender unto God to say, shape us in these areas. And some of these I've mentioned, but today we're going to be looking at what it means to be shaped in our dependence. Next week, we're going to be looking at what it means to be shaped in our devotion. And Magdi will be bringing the word next week. And then thirdly, we're going to look at what it means to be shaped in our relationships. And then throughout the year, this is a journey. It's not just a January thing. It's not actually even just a year thing. If you understand discipleship as a lifelong journey with Jesus, he wants to shape us throughout the entirety of our lives. And so we're going to be looking at that. And what, what's so fantastic, when we think about getting into shape, it's all about you, right? It's about your effort. It's about your willpower. It's about your mentality. But what we're talking about here, when God is shaping us, it's about him. It's about what he does and how he does it. And we're going to be looking at that today. But when it's about God shaping us, we have to realize he's shaping us in his hands. And I believe that's not just a word for today, but throughout this year, guys, when, when we're in troubling spots, when we're in difficult situations, when we're going through it, remind yourself you're in his hands. He's shaping you if you allow him. You're in his hands. His hands have you. He's got you. He's got us. And so today, as we look at what it means to be shaped in dependence, we're going to realize over this series, we're all going to be shaped by Jesus and for Jesus. And so I've titled this Christ-Centered Dependence. Let Christ shape our dependence, and may our dependence look like Christ's dependence on the Father. And so to do this, actually, we're going to look at the book of Jeremiah. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn to chapter 18, and we're going to read verses 1 to 6. And as you find that or turn on your app, what you have to realize, the context in which Jeremiah is receiving this message from God is one where Judah, the remaining part of Israel, because they've been through some stuff and northern Israel's already been kind of taken, southern Israel isn't doing too well. Southern Israel being Judah. They have broken faithfulness with God, their Lord, and they have become unfaithful. And in that, they've been, you know, there's been idolatry. They've been worshipping false gods in those ways of detestable ways. And that has led them to injustices. And you, you can read about that through the Old Testament or even in Jeremiah about the widow, the orphan, the foreigner. There's just detestable practices. And yet, as we look at Jeremiah and Jeremiah chapter 18, despite all that wrong, despite all that awful, detestable stuff going on, hear the Lord's heart in this message. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred, that means damaged, in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you... Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of a potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. And I know that was a message for a specific time for a specific group of people. 
But if we fast forward a bit and realize the church is God's possession as well, is his beloved, then this word is for us too, that the Lord would want to mold and shape his church, those who call upon his name, those who believe in him. He wants to mold and shape us just like a potter molds and shapes clay. And this is an invitation for us today. So the first point of Christ-centered dependence today is to depend on Christ's dedication. We are to be shaped in Christ's hands or in God's hands, not in our own hands. And that's a tough one because we want to take life into our hands, right? We believe it's ours, so we, we got to deal with it with our hands. But if we think about God and his love for us, we realize our lives aren't our own. They belong to him, and they belong in his hands, to be shaped and molded according to what's best unto him. And so really when we're talking about depend on Christ's dedication, what we have to understand is his dedication towards us is so, so precious, so intimate. It's about his steadfast love. Jesus' love towards us is so consistent, so constant, never giving up, never fails. Jesus' love for us is everything. And it can't be stopped by anything apart from us not receiving it. And just, just think for a moment of the picture of clay in a potter's hands. How close that is. How personal. Literally, the hands are touching the clay to shape it. The hands are feeling the clay. Whether we feel it or not, that is how the Lord wants to deal with us. That he's literally feeling us and shaping us, molding us. The trouble is when we think about this a lot of the time, and there is a reality to this, is just like in Jeremiah 18, it says the clay is marred, it's damaged. And we think, well, if God is that close to me, then he's going he's gonna to feel the brokenness of my life. He's going to feel the damages. He's going to feel the scars or the bumps. And it's not going to be good for him. But when we look at the potter, the potter continues to shape into what's best for him. He remakes and he remolds. And here's the thing. We don't just have to think of ourselves in this horrible way, but we just need to look and just be honest with ourselves in reality that we've all found ourselves outside the potter's hands. We've all been outside the father's hands. We've all been away from him and what he wants for us. And in that, we have been broken. We've been misshaped. We've come undone. We've rebelled. We've sinned. And the consequences of sin have hurt us and continue to harm us. And this is how dedicated God is to us. This is how dedicated Jesus, our Christ, our Lord and Savior, is for us. That he came from heaven, lived among us as one of us, never sinned, never did anything wrong, always lived in the Father's hands in his approval. And yet he died on a cross 
A great price was paid so that when he rose again, that we can have a relationship back with God the Father. Jesus was literally the Father's hands reaching out, trying to get a grip of us again, trying to get us back in his hold, back in his grip, that he may shape us and make us again according to his love in our lives. This is how intimately concerned God is with our lives, that we've been chosen to be in his hands. And that's not just to the person on your left or the person on your right, like we like to disqualify ourselves. I want to tell you today, the Father wants you personally in his hands, and he wants to shape you and mold you. Now, what's going to help us understand this more is we're talking about the prophet Jeremiah. So let's look at Jeremiah's call. And Jeremiah, if you look, turn with me in chapter one. Let's look at verses four and five. This is the calling of the prophet Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. The word knew in Hebrew, can also be chose. He chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart. uh, apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is what's so amazing. And we'll continue with the rest of this passage. But God made and formed and called apart, set apart Jeremiah, even knowing Jeremiah's shortcomings even knowing his faults and failings that were going to happen, he still chose to make him. In fact, as we continue with the rest of the passage, immediately from this incredible call from the word of the Lord, Jeremiah is unwilling to do what God has called him to. And yet it brought such great pleasure to the father to make Jeremiah, despite knowing there will be brokenness, there will be a repair job at hand. It thrilled the father so much to make Jeremiah, despite what he knew. And the the same goes for us. God is our creator maker. Everyone here, the Lord knows. And he's known you before he made you, which means he knows even all the mistakes, the failures, the shortcomings that we have. And yet he chose to make you. And his joy is that he would restore you back into relationship and restore you into who he's called you to be. We disqualify ourselves, not God. God hasn't disqualified anyone. He's made them, and he wants to upgrade you to be part of his family. This is what Jeremiah experienced. And and so here's the difficult part when we're talking about dependence on Christ, depending on Christ's dedication is we need to surrender our brokenness. We want to hide our brokenness. We want to deal with our brokenness. We, wanna, uh, we, we want to get right before even coming to God, right? The, the pots, if you think the misshapen pots and things that aren't with God or aren't with the potter in his hands, um, you would feel like, well, they can't go in his hands. But no. We need to surrender our brokenness and come to him and say, Father, forgive me, shape me, help me. I relent unto your mercy, unto your goodness, unto your intimacy. And just there's the restoring of relationship. But I just want to talk about every day. And yes, I know I stand before you as one of the church leaders. And look, there's times when I don't feel close to God. 
There's times when I know I've, I, I am responsible. I have got myself out of his hands. And in that place, there's this shame or there's this guilt where it's like, I know I need to go back to God. I know I need to be in the hands of the potter, but God must be mad at me. (laughs) He needs a cooling off period, so I won't. Or I need to fix myself up to a standard (laughs) so that he will receive me again. That's the wrong thinking. He loves me, not because of what I've done or who I am. He loves me because of who he is. And that's true for each and every person in this room. He loves you. And it's okay to surrender your brokenness. He can actually deal with it. All of us, we're trying to deal with it, right? The things, the misgivings in our lives. He's actually the only one who can deal with it and do well with it. The second point I want to share about our dependence. If we're going to have Christ-centered dependence then we need to depend on Christ's discipleship, his discipleship. If we turn back to Jeremiah 18, what you'll notice is not only is the clay in the potter's hands, where is the clay? It's on the wheel. We need to be on God's wheel, and we shouldn't be putting our own spin on things. You know, in our lives, we love to put a spin on things. We love to spin things to be our way of thinking, our way of doing things, our way of control. But the invitation is not just to be in his loving hands, but to be on his will. And if you understand how a potter um, molds clay on a wheel, it's the potter's skill that he's actually using his feet. Well, this is what I imagine anyway, and I saw this in Israel last year, is that The potter spins the wheel using his feet. The clay doesn't spin the wheel. The potter does. The clay has to be on the wheel, not just in his hands. And what this really means is we need dependence. We need to depend on Christ's discipleship, his way. It's the potter's skill that makes the pot or reforms the pot. It's his skill, it's his precision, it's his power. Trust the Lord that he has the skill, the precision and power to deal with your life and to shape and mold you and your relationships and your friendships and your workplace and your finance. He has the skill. He has the knowledge and the wisdom to deal with all those things. Even when we feel life is spinning out of control, he's in control. You're not in control. In fact, the moment you take control is the moment life starts to spin out of control, if you're honest with yourself. The moment you start putting spinnings and spins on things, then you're losing something of the way God wants to deal with you, the way Jesus wants to deal with you. And so if it's Christ's discipleship, we need to know Christ. We need to know his ways. And so rather than just doing some biblical exercise, an overview of Christ is simply that he loved the Father with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength, with all his mind, and he loved his neighbor as well. In fact, we know from John chapter 13, Jesus gives a new command to his disciples. He says, love one another as I have loved you. This is how the world will know that you're my my disciples. If you love one another, 
And so our discipleship isn't our discipleship, it's Jesus's. Jesus is the one who disciples us. We need to have a Christ-centered dependence on his way of doing life, on his way of discipleship. And here's the thing. They, you could see this already unraveling in the early church. Let me share. It's not Paul's discipleship. It's not Peter's discipleship. It's not David Dodwell in this century's <laughs> discipleship. And it's not your discipleship. It's Christ's. It's Christ's way of discipleship. And so what we have to realize, we are called to follow Jesus, to know him, and to become like him. And what that means is become less like ourselves and more like him. When everybody's trying to be the best version of themselves, Jesus is saying, well, be more like me. <laughs> Many of you may know or have heard of, or maybe you've even seen the statue of David by Michelangelo. I believe it's in the Louvre. Louvre, Louvre, whatever. If we could put that up on the screen. And I haven't just chosen it because I share the name. This could be anyone. But really, Michelangelo, an incredible artist, was asked, how did you make such a fine piece of artwork that is not me? This is what he said. It is easy. You just chip away at the stone that doesn't look like David. Insert your name there. The father, now this is the hard bit, so surrender this. We think, okay, God, you can shape me, you can mold me, you can make me. But actually, the father's heart is that he would remove and chip away at anything in your life that doesn't look like Jesus. Maybe some of your thinking, maybe some of your perspectives don't quite line up with Jesus's. Jesus wants to lovingly chip those away. Maybe some of the way you treat other people isn't quite how Jesus would treat people. Your attitude and behavior, your comings and your goings. Maybe the Lord is actually chipping away at things and trying to remove them from your life to make you more the person God has called you to be. The journey is about becoming more like Christ. And it's a lifelong journey. Don't worry. And then we get to spend eternity with him. Depend on Christ's discipleship. It's his way and he's shaping us to be like him. Not simply how you want to be. And I understand. I understand, especially in this generation and how people talk, when, when you start losing who you are or these things, or you start giving up your, uh, your understanding or perspectives and changing who, who you are to please Christ, maybe, maybe it feels like you're losing yourself. Can I just speak into that? The more you're like Jesus, the more true your identity is. <laughs> no, I can't give that bit of him. That's me. That's how I associate myself. No, give it away. And see the masterpiece of your life that God has called you to be. Let's jump back to Jeremiah chapter 1, shall we? Look at this. Verses 6 to 8. In response to this amazing call from God, the word of the Lord, this is what Jeremiah says. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, 
for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah feels like his life is suddenly spinning out of control because the Lord has shared his heart for him. He's sent, he's commanded by God, and he's even given the promise that God will be with him and he will rescue him when the time comes. I want to encourage us all. We need to surrender our control. We need to surrender our inability for things. I know that's hard to think that we can't do something. We need to rely on somebody else's skill, the Lord's skill, the Lord's patience, the Lord's power. And maybe we need to surrender fear. Just like it says here, Jeremiah was afraid. There's no need for us to be afraid when we're surrendering unto God, when we're having Christ shape us. You, you don't have to be afraid because he's with you. That promise is for us all. He's with you and he will rescue you according to how he rescues. It's up to him, but he's with you. I wanted to encourage you just with a personal conversation, well, something going on in my life. When control is a difficult one, right, giving up control. And for me, just one of the struggles in my daily discipleship, in my life with God, is giving up control of parenting my beautiful girls, my two daughters. You see, I am so concerned a lot of the time with their development, with their education, with their relationships with how their faith is progressing. Oh, God, I'm a church leader. What about my children? Will they know you? Do they know you? Am I doing... It's out of my control. Here's another hard one. When we've got loved ones who've got health issues, and yet, and yet we're told God is with us, are we able to trust him? Again, I say he will rescue, but he will rescue according to how he wants to rescue. And the main rescuing he's done, he's fulfilled, is that Christ has risen. And therefore, we can have eternal life with him when we confess our sins and return back into relationship with God, our loving Father. Surrender our control. That's what it means to depend on Christ's discipleship. Finally, point three. We need to depend on Christ's destination. And when I say destination, I know we think of an end point. But if you think of discipleship, if you think of life, there's many destinations along the way to the final destination. And we need to depend on Christ's destinations all along the way. If we come back into Jeremiah 18, we will see not only is the clay in the hands of the potter, not only is the clay on the wheel, the spin of the potter, where did Jeremiah go? To the potter's house. We need to be part of God's house. And the way God's house is, is that he arranges the house. He's the Lord of the house, and he arranges us. Now, in the description, what we have to realize is this is about God's purpose. This is about God's plan. He wants to use us. How amazing. He wants to use us for his purposes how amazing that he would choose us to use and even to fill us. But the analogy of the potter stops here because normally a potter, because it, potter, his house isn't just full of jars, you know. He's, he's got to sell something. He's got to make a living. But what's interesting here, it stops. 
And with it, I just want to say, regardless of a pot being sold or whatever, the pot in this analogy, the clay, always belongs to God. So even in the process, yes, it's easy to think of belonging to God, but even after that process, it belongs to God. You belong to God along all of the journey of your life. There isn't a year blink off here or a weekend here where I don't belong to God so I can do my own thing. It doesn't work like that. You belong to him. You were bought at a great price and you have continued to be shaped. And so this is what's difficult. Regardless of um, life and trust in God, sometimes I want it my way, right? I want to position myself in a certain place. Um, I want to do things in my timing. And uh, regardless of all those things, we represent Christ. So whether you're here or there in your journey, whether your career is going this way or that way, whether your family lines up to how you dream it, you still represent Christ regardless through it. I want to share a story over Christmas. I, um, I went to a restaurant, a restaurant you can't book ahead of. You just have to turn up and get seated. And uh, obviously, between Christmas and New Year, it's busy. So I rock up with my family, family of four. And uh, I'm representing Jesus. And, and I'm there, and there's a long queue. And so I get, I get a number. So this is going to be your number, and you get to get seated when this number comes up when it gets called. And so I'm there. I'm already disappointed that there's a long queue. And now I'm getting hangry because I'm sitting and there's all these people eating lovely food. You can see it, the aroma, the taste. And I'm like, oh, oh, that looks good. And so we're waiting and we're waiting. And um, I start seeing people who came in after me get seated before me. The rage. I'm telling you, hunger got the better of me on this occasion. And I understand. I'm a family of four, and there's a table of six, and you put six, and I was like, I, can let, I think I can let that slide. I'm a Christian. Representing Christ, I'm a Christian. I'm getting hot now. There's people getting served between us. I'm like, what's going on? Taking off my jacket. And, um, oh, no, 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 I've waited long enough. It's been half an hour. Excuse me. Um, we were before them and them and them. And uh, I wanted to be here. In fact, I wanted to be eating right now. Um, was it? And the person turned to me, the servant said, oh, I called your number many times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Feeling the rage. And I said, no, you didn't. Now, remember, there's a queue of people around me. And I confess, this isn't a good thing, people. Don't be thinking, oh, David, he's our leader doing great things. And I called her out in front of everyone. I said, you're a liar. Where did that come from? It came from me, not from Jesus. And I was upset. She said, oh, look, I'll get you your table. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I, <laughs> thank you, liar. And um, so she finds me a table, sit down, nice table, by the way. And Hannah, the worst part, you know the worst part? Oh, the humbling help of my wife. I've taken my jacket off. I'm wearing a Wellspring Christmas jumper that says, good news. I've got good news. And Hannah said, yeah. Good news, you've got your table. No. Um, and, she, and Hannah said to me, David, you're wearing it. You're representing. And, I, you know, it took a jumper. That's how bad it is. It took me wearing a jumper to realize, oh, I represent Christ even in places I don't want to be. 
even in timings that I don't want to be. I want to be over there. I want to be here. I want to be eating my food here. Look, in our lives, we can be very hangry or frustrated in the area that we're in. And yes, maybe that's your fault. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe just somebody else's fault. But regardless of that, you represent Christ. You represent him. It doesn't matter if you're up there or down here. You represent Christ all the same. So even in your dreams, even in your positioning, remember just the honor and the joy of representing Christ. Let's jump back to Jeremiah chapter 1. We'll finish it here with verses 9 and 10. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Just a cool thing here. If you jump back into chapter 18 and read beyond verse 6, he literally tells him to do that to kingdoms. It's really cool. But Jeremiah is told that the words of the Lord would be put in his mouth. So not only has he got the promise that God is with him, that God is for him and rescue him, but God will use him to speak to the nations. God wants to use you. What a joy, a privilege, and honor to represent the King of kings and Lord of lords and share his love, share his truth. Again, let's look at culture today. And it's easy because we're surrounded by it. So maybe some of that is in us. But maybe it is. We're all about speaking our truth. This is my truth. I want to speak my truth. This is my truth. This is my experience. Don't disqualify me. Don't devalue it because it's my truth church family there's a lot of that going on we're called to share his truth and by the way his truth will form something that's precious unto him and form the best version of you that's christ-like so depend on his destination we need to surrender our position our timing Jesus wants to shape us and to shape us to be like him. And so Christ-centered dependence looks like a dependence on Christ's dedication, a dependence on Christ's discipleship, and a dependence on his destination or destinations. So how should we respond to this? And I think what God is calling us to, to be like clay, to be shapeable and moldable, which means we need to surrender ourselves to his hand, to his will, to his house. We need to surrender our brokenness. We need to surrender our control. And some of us, we need to surrender our position or our dream of our position or timings. So I'm going to welcome the band up now. But rather than simply singing a really good song saying, I surrender, before we go into that, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us each personally on how the Lord would want to shape us and for us to surrender and give up control. There's plenty of good things I know we've been thinking of, even through this preach of, oh, I could do this. But what is it the Lord wants to shape us in? Which means, Lord, what do you want me to surrender unto you? So, Heavenly Father, here we, here we are with nothing to hide,
And we ask right now, Jesus, that you would send your Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would bring fresh revelation and guidance unto what you'd have us surrender unto you right now. Father, there's probably many things we can think of, but Lord God, we want to be open to what it is your spirit is shaping us in. And so, Father, whatever it is you want us to surrender right now, Lord God, we invite you to come. Spirit of God, come. Lead us in your truth. Jesus, come. Oh, Lord Jesus, give us the courage to surrender. Give us the courage to place our lives back into your hands. We need you on on us. We need you shaping us. Thank you, Lord, that you're not fearful of brokenness or misshapenness. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd lead and guide us. Help us to make a fresh commitment, a commitment that we will honor. We give you the space. We give you our hearts. We give you our worries, our fears, our anxieties. We give them over to you. Shape us according to your heart, Lord. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11am in person and online.